This is just winging it. Coming to you live just from winging 420 it. Bucket. You're saying it weirder every time. Every time. Now, well, see, now I've done it so many times that now thing, that I you know? can't. I'm actually unable to just say it normally. Can you, I don't say it? Can you try? This is Welcome to Just Winging It. See, yeah, that, 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 that sounded a little weird, though, that, right? That was weird, yeah. Welcome How about this, just ready? Winging How about this, ready? Welcome to Just Winging It. Welcome to Just Winging It. Welcome. Welcome, man. You know the winging it? Like, you have to decide. Are you going to put the pause there, or are you going to not? It's I always an issue, isn't it? When people, ask it. You, when people ask you what the show's called, I'm always like, just wing it. Just I'm like, I dropped it. the syllable. Just wing it. Just wing just it. Just wing it. Yeah. Wing it. Yeah. Wing I'm it. noticing we're recording on a temporary recorder right now because we had a little bit of a snafu where uh i mean i don't know why i'm even calling it that i just forgot to yeah, bring you the left recorder. the recorder at home yeah so i'm noticing on this one that we have a countdown so it's actually going to cut us off if we go too long which is awesome well we could use that we've got 59 minutes yeah wow i like that us and all of you if we go longer than that i hope at the end it just fizzles and pops and then yeah. split like mission impossible style that- <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, because then you know if you if you do go over, you just lose the whole show. Yeah, you like just you can't cannot, do anything with it. Like yeah. that is a deadline. That's good. That will kill you. That is yeah. how dead that line yeah. is. Right. I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick Green. And there's a deadline. <laughs> there's a deadline. So we got to get dead rolling. Line. Welcome to deadline. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Had, I, a, lot, um, had a lot of beach activity this week. A lot I'm of sorry beach, I'm yeah. eating right now. That's good. I yeah. got a lot of strep. A lot of strepococcus. Yeah. As you typically do. Uh, you know, before we started recording, I was like, John, you know, your energy seems a little weird today. Yeah. Um, and in my head, I was thinking strep. And then he goes, well, you know what? Grace is getting over strep throat. And I'm thinking about going to the doctor. I'm like, here we go again. True story. Strep family's back. Strep family. Although I you mean, were doing better about it for a while. It, you know, this was, so we actually, we decided to, I should say Bethany, I should give her all the credit because yes. it really was her. She took a calendar and she highlighted all the times that Grace was sick. And it turns out that every month... Um, July was the first month in a long time where she hasn't been sick. So, mm-hmm. like, there is a monthly, which I don't know how that sounds to you, you know, whether that's, like, normal or not. I mean, I've since asked the pediatrician, and she <laughs> thinks it is pretty normal. Is it? Um, in terms of how many times, yeah. It seems high to me, but, you know, the, the other weirdness is that it's always, like, pretty much the same thing, a throat thing with fever. Um, yeah. The actual times that it's been strep is fewer than it, you know, than it sounded like. Like oftentimes, right. I'll reference strep because I thought that's what it was or would be, and it, it wasn't. There's been a lot of self-diagnosing on the show, brain yeah, tumors right. yeah, among yeah. them. Yeah, because you know, after a while, you're you get tired of going to the doctor and dealing with it, so you just you know look in the her throat and then diagnose it ourselves. Right. Plus, you have the equipment. You, you're exactly. already a specialist. And, you know, soon AI will take over that role for us. God, so. every fucking episode, John. <laughs> so, so the obligatory. You're AI. saying that I'm getting the, paid by the big AI. Big company, AI, which is just headed by robots. Yeah, it's just headed by a phone <laughs> that's hooked up to a network. Um, let me ask you this. So, your pediatrician said once a month is typical for one child or for a household. I, I, she did. Her words weren't exactly typical, but I think. It, it was like within a range of normal or something, you know. She didn't even use those words, but that's kind of how I interpreted it. How did she? It. I'm, I'm curious how she actually said it. She said, "This is a normal range." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I was I, I listen, but I can't I can't tell you exactly. But what did she it said. sound like she meant it? Like that, no, no, that, it did. It did. Well, she wasn't just trying to comfort you. So we brought it up. Sometimes they're like, "No, that growth is normal." You know, yeah, don't yeah, worry yeah, totally, about it. Totally, you have minutes, <laughs> right? I mean, it depends. Sometimes they frame there's things. there's certain things that you look for if it is like an immune system thing, right? Where she actually, um, it'd be more than just that she gets sick often, which is, you know, how, our perception of it. Um, but also that her body isn't actually able to like deal with things on her own, which isn't the case. Um, and that like she can get infections really easily and some other stuff that isn't happening. Right, right. And so uh, it turns out there is, in fact, a specific syndrome where kids can get 
a what actually sounds exactly like what Grace has, so it's probable that she might have this. Um, but there's no treatment, and they just sort of outgrow it. And it's you know they do get like a a fever and a throat thing, um, and it happens almost like on a scheduled. Like some parents can actually um, predict when it's happening. <laughs> actually, yeah, it's an alarm clock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it might be that. What's I don't it know. called? I, I forget what it's called. I can't, it, it was like a ridiculous. No it was like four words, so I like just poly, even. polynumeric, alphanumeric. Yeah, it was probably it had a P. I know that yeah. much. Poopy. Yeah, definitely poopy. Well, I hope that everything's um, okay. I have to say, in, yeah. in our experience, that would be a lot. Yeah, but I feel like part of it's because when our kids get sick, it's it's usually pretty kind of transient, it, and it's definitely seasonal. So, like in the winter time and in the kind of the transitional months like that. Yeah. There's a lot more, much higher incidence of exactly. getting sick. But, but, I mean, it's been a while. Like, Henry had a stomach thing this weekend for, like, a couple hours. And that <laughs> was it. Yeah, I think he just had to take a shit and he just yeah. came out he of just vomit anyway. Yeah. yeah, he just was One of your metabolizing patented, food. Uh, pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, so I don't know. But I, I think uh, thinking in the abstract, I feel like once a month seems higher than what we experience. But I don't I don't really know. Yeah. Well, and I have... unless you put it down on a calendar like Bethany did, it's, it's hard to That's see, right? Right, because it felt like it was about once a month, and we certainly were in that. We were expecting it, like we knew she was due, you know. Um, <laughs> so you felt you felt it. Did we you, felt yeah. it, but also I was feeling optimistic because I knew it had, it had been a longer than a month at this point. Right. So I mean, I think she might be on the other side of it because yeah. you know I've noticed that they've gotten um, it takes less time. Because the other thing is, it would consistently take four full days of fever. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a um, lot and high fever. So basically, well, the, the grace fever, either which it's are like the syndrome degrees. or it's simply that she gets the same things that other kids get, but her version of it is always accompanied by a fever. And right. some kids are just quote, and this is what the doctor said: fever kids, the fever kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, because I also you know of course have Luke as a basis for some comparison. Yeah, and he, he has not been he doesn't sick, get right? as sick. Yeah, and he doesn't get these high fevers. So the fever. Um, so we'll see. But of course, now I'm thinking I might leave after this and uh, go get to a minute clinic or something and just get the strep swab. Do you get fevery <laughs> like, I, uh, easily? Um, not really. No. I don't think so. And I don't I don't have a fever now, but I know last time I, I um, went to a minute clinic because I wasn't feeling well. Right. And I basically, I did it because, uh, if I remember correctly, the doctor, the kid's doctor was closed and they were both kind of sick too. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get the swab and then I'll be able to diagnose them too. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I think I maybe brought that yeah. up in the show. And, and I didn't expect at that time that I had strep, but I wanted to rule it out. And I did. So, like, uh, you can never, you know. I remember one time I had the flu and I didn't even, like, have, you know, the the person was like, oh, let's just check. And then, so sometimes you just never know. They're like, you have had very bad flu symptoms yeah. for a week. And you're like, nope. <laughs> you're on the verge of death. Yeah, I've just been kissing everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, just, yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah it's, sickness is, is very is very weird. Like, I know I told you this that one time where I had the transient fever episode and I got hospitalized for it. Yes. And I was, like, totally fine. And then I was, like, really, really, really sick. And then I was totally fine again. And I was like, well. Something happened with my body. I'm probably never going to know because yeah. it's hard to go back. Because you know, you get over these things, and you don't really take the time to go back and be like, "What the hell just happened?" That's true. You just kind of. But move I like on. that you guys are doing this. You know, with Grace, yeah, who has seemed to have a pretty regular reoccurrence of this yep. these conditions, and like seeing that there's kind of an emerging you know pattern there that you can treat in a bigger way. You yeah, know? it was nice to at least know that there is this thing that exists that you know we can test for. If it although keeps you cannot happening. pronounce it, um, I can't even. Yeah, I can't even remember it. Never mind, pronounce it. It's poop. But. It's yeah, it's probably poop. Yeah, poop falafelus. Poop falafelus. That would be uh, a dinosaur that makes great falafel. A poop falafelosaurus. Yeah, you could probably make falafel out of poop. I bet you it probably would look the same too, <laughs> right? Don't you think? Uh, Get some uh, tzatziki it sauce. Would. Yeah. Is it tzatziki? Um, tzatziki. You can have tzatziki on it. Yeah. No, but that, that's how you say it. 
You're the Mediterranean, you know, food guy here. Tzatziki. Tzatziki. Yeah. Tzatziki. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you say it as close as you can to what it's supposed to be, but you actually your language is so different that it's probably still going to come out wrong. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I had a conversation Um, with a a wonderful Afghan woman who works here the other day where I was like, can you tell me... Because you know, in the past, I've I've done the, like the, the sort of Americanized Afghanistan when I talk about the country, yeah. and then I've tried to like really nail it, and I've been like Afghanistan, <laughs> and I'm like, how would you want just an American, oh, like a, a white question. American, yeah. to say? Like, you sound this, like an idiot either way. I do, and I, to be fair, I sound like an idiot just when I talk. Well, that's so true. I was like, you know, if 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 you were to hear me talking about it, like, yeah. how would you want me to pronounce it? And she was like, uh, so you, this is actually this is a moment I for all. Hear. I mean, we have a very diverse listener this pool, but for moment. those of you who are not. You know, of a Afghan descent, moment. a teachable moment, learnable. Uh, it is uh, Afghanistan. So she'd rather hear you at least try to say it the right way. Yeah. Well. But, so, but th- this is the thing, and I talk about this with my friend Dan all the time, who's from Italy and and is very yeah. much a stickler for like instead of saying like orecchetti, yeah, he'd be like no, it's orecchetti. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna fucking say that, Dan, because yeah. I don't yeah. have an accent. Right. Sorry. So I love you. I know you're listening to this. Yeah. So so she's like, so you don't have to do the whole G because they do this whole like. Ugh. Like, yeah, 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 of course. Start. That's an example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, That's I'm not going like to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, can, yeah. I can't do that. So yeah. she's like, Afghanistan. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Afghanistan. But I have another friend, uh, Madge, who I think also listens to the show. Yeah. Uh, and and his his name is, is, his name looks like it would be, it would be Majid Shana. Uh-huh. And so I, when I first met him, I was like calling him. I was, I was like, so Majid. And he was like, no, it's just Madge. Just Majid. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't know how to fucking say anything. I'm sorry. That's awesome. But, you um, know, having that honest moment where you ask a person, I feel like is the most respectful thing you can do. Right. Because right? it's not like you're not trying to just pretend you know how to say it or like, you know, it's just it's real. You know, you're just yes. having the honest And I had a, oh, here's a nice little just wing it tie in moment. Yeah. I had a great experience with this. I was with my friend Devin. Uh-huh. Who I think is also listening to this. I love how I'm just bringing up people listening to the show, all three of them. I mean, who doesn't listen to the show? That's to be fair. Yeah. Um, so we were getting a salad the other day, and it had E T O P E on it. E T O P E. O P E. Okay. So being like a somewhat of a Spanish speaker, I'm thinking, well, I would I would want to say etope or mm-hmm. etope. You're somewhat of a Spanish speaker. Yeah, I speak Spanish. Okay. Poorly, um, and but there's no accent on it, yeah. and so I was thinking, well, maybe it's just like etope, and it's just like an English, or maybe it's word. like a, you know, etope, like email or etrade, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. e dash, yeah, etope. So the the woman who was making the salad, I I asked her, and she was like laughing, you know, because I was asked, but I was thinking, you know, we've talked in the show about having meaningful conversations with people, and I was like, this is a nice moment because I actually don't know how to say it. And I want to check my, you know, assumptions at the door that I know uh, that I don't want to like be culturally, um, you know, dumb. I, I would rather yeah. know, right? Mm-hmm. And plus, it's a nice chance to talk to somebody. So I was like, you know, uh, uh, I, w- I asked her how how to pronounce it in Spanish, and, sh- and she goes uh, like etope, and she told me that it was like corn that was cooked, and she was speaking in Spanish because my accent was pretty good. Yeah. And and I was able to like follow along because I know a lot about how to say food in Spanish because yeah. when I've been to Spanish speaking countries, I've like ordered a lot of food, right? Yeah, so we yeah, were like yeah, having yeah. a back and forth. Nice. And she was. Um, she was like, you know, where where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm from from here. And she was like, oh, she thought I was from Central America. Wow, I was like, wow, that's that's, that's a, big, a big compliment. To be fair, it was or a loud, was full of shit. it was yeah, a loud restaurant, yeah, yeah. and also like she there was, was a tip involved, so that's probably part of wanted it. Wanted a high tip, but it was cool because her her parent, one of her parents was Guatemalan and the other was Mexican, mm-hmm. and that morning we had been on a call at work here with a you know a, a Guatemalan country office in Oxfam, Mexico yeah. and I was like man that's really cool I'm getting a, a lot of funny? a lot of Mexico and Guatemala yeah. today and it, and it was a meaningful enough interaction that here I am almost a week later talking about it and so it's once again 
a good reminder to get out of your comfort zone and just ask a dumb question of somebody because you might have a conversation. If nothing else, this whole approach to engaging with more people that we sort of see every day uh, will set you up better for, if, if you ever so desire, to become mayor of your town. That's true. Because that's always in the back of my mind. You know, I'm that's like, true. This is how it must be to be a politician. Like you actually, in that case, you have to engage with every single person yeah. and leave a positive impression. Yeah, you can't have an off interaction um, with people. And, right? you know, people would know when you're, I mean, obviously people are bullshitting in some cases still, but like generally people have a bullshit meter or whatever mm-hmm. and can tell when someone's authentically asking them, you know, how they're doing or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so it's it's kind of an interesting uh, experiment to see what it's like to be a politician and a reminder that I don't want to be one. <laughs> yeah, right. That there's like there's like nice things about it, and then there's that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like it's like I, I always remember when I met Hillary Clinton as a kid, like how meaningful that interaction yeah. was and how much we talked. I mean, and, imagine and, that like having the bar that high where you have to, you know, every, basically every interaction with someone has to be meaningful. It has even to be if a real like, interaction, even if it's five seconds. Yep. You have to like listen. You have yeah. to register that they're there, and you right. have to like l- let them talk for a second. And that is a f- really hard skill. Did you ever think about going into politics? We probably talked about this, but like, was that ever on your radar? Given the ego that we both have, yes. I'm sure it was on both of our radars. Was it though? Like, did you ever like? Not really. I mean, it? were you ever class president or anything? Um, like that? you know, I went a different route. I mean, so in high school, um, I was more of you know certainly a nerd, obviously, clearly, clearly, you know, computer lab kid, that kind of yep. stuff, whatever. Um, but also with in your with re- like headgear a- retainer and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I never had that gear yeah. retainer. I, that was like just before us, right? Nobody actually in our our like generation, well, not our whole generation, but like, did you know anyone in school with headgear? I, I, no, but I, I know that like when I got braces on, it was like talked about as yeah. like one option. Still, and I was right. like, what the right. fuck? It was still People like an still option. Go through that? But I never actually saw anyone in my, I think it was no. just before us. But anyway. I think I've seen one person in the wild with headgear on though. In the wild? Yeah. Like they were in the jungle. They were actually naked in the jungle, yeah. except for the headgear. They had headgear on, so they're not quite <laughs> naked, right? I mean, you got to have nice teeth. That's true. Um, but uh, so, so where where I think you know, I wasn't part of the what was it called in college? Your um, student government student government association, SGA, right? Yeah. yeah. But I was like very engaged, you know, uh, in terms of starting up a club and doing some other stuff on my college. So I did have that sort of. What club of, did you start? Um, political presence. I, I don't know. That's a little weird. Um, so it was actually a club that uh, it goes back to my roots and why I work at Oxfam. It was called One Curry, um, and we just ate Indian food yeah, all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there can be only one curry. There's all these ads for curry on the highway now for the nursing program. Oh, really? Actually. Yeah, the and nursing program is the is the is a big deal for them. And I keep passing them, and every time I'm like, "Oh, that's funny. That's where John went." And then I'm also like, "God, I'm hungry." Yeah, yeah. So uh, now I can just think of Indian food again. Yeah, me too. Tikka masala. All right. So, <laughs> but it, it was a it was a government. It was like a it, so it was actually SGA. a chapter of the One Campaign. So the One Campaign oh, is still like an active the, yeah. organization, right? Um, and actually, Oxfam was involved in, in setting up one. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I started a chapter of that, and we were like super engaged on campus. You know, we like held talent events that benefited different things and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So anyway, um, so I got more access through that, and it was like something I really enjoyed. Yeah. But it wasn't so much the, you know, student government kind of stuff where they had to deal with, like, I don't know. What do they deal with? What's, what's uh, on the lunch menu, you know? Yeah, or like cl- <laughs> funding clubs and, yeah, 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 yeah right, yeah. things like that, yeah. So I had to appeal to those people, which means right, I had you to... Were on the represent you were representing a cultural club or something. I was basically a lobbyist. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Were, you were a lobbyist. No, actually, that is what lobbying <laughs> is, is, right? What it is, yeah. It's, it's yeah. representing an interest to an elected body of officials. So I would right? just host, you know, these expensive meals and uh, <laughs> butter them up. Right, give them free handguns. Literally with buttered rolls. That's what they and, like. Uh, <laughs> SGAs are notorious. They love getting physically buttered. Yes, yes. physically That's buttered classic up. Classic SGA. 
And then, you know, that's how we got funding for our club. So. Congratulations. That's how you do it. Yeah. Life lesson. Well, where the hell are we going with this? I don't know. Let's talk about Shark Week. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, let's talk it's about like, Shark Week. Okay, Micah, turn off the radio. You're not decked out in shark paraphernalia, but... Well, I still have my shoes. Even when you're not... I still have my phone case. You, you kind of look like a shark. I am. I'm I just think a, shark, a I'm shark-like. I did. I got a dorsal fin implanted so on my back. it's very much a shark. Yes, you're you're a shark-colored shirt right now. Yes. It's all about sharks, so as far as I'm concerned. So you don't even have to... Yeah. No, even, I, I did have that thought. you own all the shark Because well, you know, I got a new attire. shark shirt, of course, of during course, this week. Yeah, every day. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to... I need to like tone down the sharks. So again, Micah, turn the radio off. Yeah. So you know, I, I somebody in my team last week mentioned that I was like Miss Frizzle, and <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's so accurate, because I was there. I, I had like all the shark shit on. I had like my calendar of like what activities I was gonna do. Miss <laughs> Frizzle. And they're like, you know, did you ever think about that? And I was like, I've like I've never felt so accurately seen before. Oh my before. god, there's so much that I love about that. Yeah. You know, like how spot on it is, but also just the reference to fucking magic school. <laughs> like bus. a childhood cartoon about like an Which older is bad. woman. Have you watched the new yes, ones? it's good. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, our um, kids sister, are obsessed right? with is it. Her sister I think it's her daughter. It? No, I think it's or her, her sister. niece or something, or her sister. Pretty sure it's her sister. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. Her I'm dad. Hold to that. Yeah. Um, it's with. Uh, it's still it's, good. Yeah. It's got like an SNL voice cast. Yes. It's got Lin Manuel Miranda did yes. the theme song. It's no. The, the kids love the new it's one. It's good really stuff. Good. Yeah. But um, you know, it's probably true that like a lot of my um, approach to this stuff is inspired by shows like that and like reading Rainbow and things yeah, when I was yeah. a kid and like seeing kind of the more experiential side of teaching kids and getting them involved. <laughs> you know. But I, I felt like that was so like crazy accurate yeah and i'm glad i was excited like because because she was like no offense or anything i mean and i was like why would i take offense to that that's amazing it's fucking Miss magic school bus yeah she can go to jupiter better i know? mean if she said you were ralph you know then it might that's be a true because yeah, he's, but... he's a little bitch but yeah. you know um no no it was a it was a good moment so yeah so shark week was wonderful it was our 2019 um edition second time doing it yeah tm and uh t- trademark and um it, and i was struck by how Intensely, the boys, were, especially Jude, were yeah. they were really into it this time from the very beginning. Right from the beginning, when you sprayed fart. Yes, yeah, I know. We room. talked about yeah. the beginning of it last time, um, but it was just great. Like they were so engaged. And this morning, they got their final goodbye message from the kingdom. And and Jude has been actually very emotional about it mm. ending for the last couple of days. Um, and like in, in a real, not just because he was like tired, because the first time it was kind of like near bedtime, he was yeah. crying about it, and I was like, oh, he's just like tired. But he's really like emotionally. Because he's invested a lot in this idea that there's like this whole magical world out there and that they're communicating with them and mm. that like every day is a new adventure they get to go on. So, I, you know, I, I tried to really emphasize with the final couple of notes that this is, um, you know, not a goodbye and that like they're still there and they can still be talked to. Because there were things throughout the week where, for example, Jude would have, he would have a question about sharks and, um, and I would be like, well, you know, we should ask the shark kingdom. Maybe we'll find out tomorrow, you know. So he, so he would like, so I'd be like, you have to be really loud because like sometimes they're outside, sometimes they're not. Yeah. But if one of the emissaries is out there, maybe he can like take it back. So Jude would like scream like how many different shark species <laughs> there are, you know. And then the next day the letter would include that in there. So it was like they were responsive. Yeah, so yeah. I tried to include language there in the final couple of letters about how like we want to encourage you to keep doing that throughout the year, to keep checking in with us. We'll keep right. checking in with you. And uh, and he seems really happy about so it. So that's but a good it way was to great. keep it sort of alive yeah because it that. does have like oh you know what I, I, like so even though it was technically over by this yeah. point we were at a beach this weekend and jude and there was a shark <laughs> there was a shark jude picked up a cigarette butt on the beach and so of course my first thought was like that's fucking nightmarish disgusting that's but i was true. also like he was so proud of it because he found a piece of garbage to clean up yeah so we had a, a conversation about how like okay you can just tell daddy and, I, and I'll, I'll take care of it but <laughs> meanwhile I'm henry so proud. had a needle <laughs> yeah henry was just eating beach. hypodermic yeah. needles. i was so proud of him because like you know That's there was awesome. no like incentive no challenge but just kind of in the in the moment you know he was continuing the whole lessons of this yeah. week yeah so we did um a bunch of stuff i'll go through really quick we did a fossil dig that was great 
we did, which was inspired by the dinosaur fossil dig that we did over the weekend. We did a shark one. That's awesome. We did. Uh, we got a book about Eugenie Clark, who was a really pioneering shark scientist, who was also a, a woman, and at a time in the earlier 20th century where that was not like a common thing. Yeah. So we got to talk a little bit about that and about how you know sharks aren't just for little boys. Like it's something that everybody you know should be into and encouraged. Again, science is like a really great thing for everybody. Um, and we did you know coloring books. We did Legos. Which were very hard. That took what do like you a long. That? Th- that was like definitely the kids went to bed and daddy stayed up for another oh, two hours. Oh, is it and one of these it. like advanced Legos? Like when do you yeah. start getting those? Because we're still in the Duplo. Only because I, if it were just Grace, I would definitely uh, you know advance her to the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. But since Luke, I know would just have them all in his mouth. It I know just, it's 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 hard. Those and they get tiny, teeny yeah. tiny. It's oh, crazy. Eminently yeah. eatable. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, we just been sort of, you know, doing it. What, what I what I did a lot that night. So so Henry. So it was three parts. There was a yeah. shark, which was the one I ended up spending most of the time. Is on, this like it was give huge. Us the context is like a thousand piece one or like it was like 550 five hundred fifty something piece. pieces. Yeah. It was like you know it was like a fucking real deal. It was not yeah, like that's for little a kids. big deal. Five hundred something pieces. Yeah. So there's the shark, and then there was a crab who was adorable. And yeah. Jude did the crab all on his own from beginning to end because oh, wow. Jude can do like Lego sets. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the shark was like just too involved. So I that mean, was something he kind of helped with a lot. And then there was a treasure chest that only had a few pieces in it. So Henry got to do the treasure chest oh, alone, nice. which was nice that's for him. Cute, yeah. And then he was like immediately turning into like, let me trash the rest of the stuff oh, that's mode. Understandable. So I got his Duplos back from downstairs, from upstairs, and brought yeah. him down. So he was able to build like a Duplo coral landscape for the sharks. Yeah. And he was able to <laughs> kind of do his own landscape. thing. <laughs> yeah. Which was just it was just Spider Man. <laughs> Anything he wants can just <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. Very abstract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was great, and we did uh, we did. Um, uh, so tree rubbings, uh, the bark rubbings that we did last year, we had them create like a coral landscape again yep, this time yep. to put with the, so they could put like the shark figurines in it and then put it in the window so that like the shark kingdom could like see it. And that was really fun. And then the big one again was uh, the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, which again, I just think is an I amazing picture, institution. Yeah. And that's, that we, you know, we're trying you. to go there every year. <laughs> yeah. The, the jaws, the jaws over swallowing you. us yeah. whole. That was great. Um, <laughs> But it was cool because, you know, last year when we went there, although the shark issues on the Cape were still, you know, pretty um, visible, it wasn't quite as visible as it was this year because of the death that happened late in the season last year. Mm. So, like, the Cape is really transformed at this point. And what's what I love about it, and this is largely due to the, the efforts of the White Shark Conservancy, who sponsors the show, thank you very much, Chomp Chomp. Big sponsor. Um, the, is that the, the, the visibility on the Cape is not one of fear, and it's not one of, like, don't go in the water and, like, hunt the sharks, get rid of the seals. It's yeah. very much like this is how you coexist with sharks in their environment. Yeah. So there's just, like, a lot of, inf- of public information out there. There's, like, nice posters mm-hmm. everywhere that show you what to do. You just swim you with a taser, one. right? That's you swim with a, with a shotgun. on the beach a taser. A, and a missile, missile launcher. Yeah. Because, um, you know, in the water is a good idea. They were great. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah as long as you wear rain boots, right, you're fine. Yeah. And, and and rubber gloves. A harpoon gun, that would work. Harpoons with explosive tips. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's spotter planes everywhere and stuff. So it's just, it's like really a part of life on the Cape now. But yeah. I like that it feels like it's not about fear and it's more about public awareness and like hopefully it'll continue. So if, you, if you're looking it, for a non-profit. Is it really playing out that way? Like I, I haven't is, been to any yes. of the Cape beaches. So what I mean by that is, well, did you swim in the water? We did. Kids? And yeah. you're okay with, like, how did you feel about that? So two things. I felt fine about it primarily because I have the Sharktivity app, which yeah. is also offered by the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. Thank you for sponsoring the show. It's where the fun happens. Uh, but it's an amazing app that shows all the tracked sharks that they have, which, which are, are most of the sharks right. in, in that area, yeah, right? Yeah. So you can see very clearly where they are in real time all yeah. the time. But also you can see where they aggregate over years and months. You, you can get an idea That's of like what parts amazing. are safer than other parts. Yeah. yeah. And um, so like we went to a beach that had, had not had any shark activity gotcha. all year. And um, and then while we were there, we you know we had had conversations with the boys about like you know what to do if if they 
make us get out of the water. Right. What to do if you think there might be a shark in the water, you know, like yeah. not to flail around and stuff, but to like go upright and just call for help. And, you know, um, that being said, though, like it would never have come to that because like <laughs> they've totally changed the way the beaches work on the Cape. Like there's tons of lifeguards. There are planes that fly over doing spotting gotcha. all the time. Yeah. They're all using this tracker. And um, and it seems like a very safe good, environment good. and that they're learning from what's yeah. been happening. I mean, the kids also aren't, you know, going out very deep. <laughs> right. Although, of course, shallow water is really, you know. Is it? Where those events can happen. You yeah. Know? All Within right. 50 yards of shore. But then that's a story for another time. But it was a great, Indeed great, great, great time. And uh, and I can't wait for the next time around. Next good. Summer. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, all right. I've I've got three. I've got two things that will both transition us to maybe a topic. Okay. Because we've decided on this episode to just wing it. We did decide to just to wing it. Yeah, episode <laughs> where we sort <laughs> of like half wing Typed it. notes. Yeah. Um, but I think this will connect. So first thing is that I uh, I wanted to mention another big fan of the show, um, Gary Meikle. Is that his name? Have you heard of this comedian? Um, I just saw him last night, so <laughs> I should know his name. But um, I'm I'm gonna look it up. To this doesn't ring any bell. He's Scottish, and no, my sister had shared um, some videos on our channel from him. Oh, a while ago. And uh, so he's this. He's actually about a year ago. He was like put into, you know, catapulted into fame <laughs> on Facebook for some videos he did about his daughter and eyebrows and like why, you know, yeah, why his right, daughter right, needs right. to do okay, her eyebrows. Yeah, this, this is coming back. Um, yeah, I think it's Gary Meikle. And uh, so kind of a neat story, actually. Um, so he, yesterday was his first um, tour ever. Uh-huh. It's his first, you know, it's an international tour, I guess, because he's from Scot- uh, Scotland and he um, started his U.S. Uh, arm of the tour in Boston. And so, yeah, so my sister and I saw him. And, uh, and So this was yesterday? Yeah, this was yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Um, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was like, a, it was a mix of Scottish and... And my terrible Afghan Arnold and voice. And your terrible... Hang on, let, let me, let, con, con, congratulations. Yeah, Congra- better. Congratulations. <laughs> my young laddie. You've got, you've got a little bit of... Keep uh, on talking with the... What's his name from the, the Simpsons? The, uh... The janitor guy? What's his name? Oh, man. I don't know. We'll just say it's Homer. You know who I'm talking about? The janitor from this. Oh, yeah. Oh, the guy. With, What's yeah, his yeah, name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody, somebody write to us and tell us. Please. I don't know. Somebody will write to us in anger. Even though I could just Google it. Okay. So anyway, I, I, I got to see this guy live. You know, he's got yeah. some really great stuff, particularly about parenting and all that. And uh, and his story is actually really, really inspiring um, in that, you know, he's a dad who had his daughter at 16 um, and he was he was actually living in a homeless shelter at the time, and wow. it was with a woman who then was out of the picture. So he raised his daughter um, as a single, very young dad. Man, that is some winging um, it territory. It is. Right there. And at the age of thirty eight, his daughter was nineteen, I believe. Um, his daughter had a baby, and so wow. he's already at, at age forty now. He is a grandfather of, yeah. of a two year old. And so he's got, you know, just really funny stories spanning both his uh, rearing his own child as well as his grandchild. And they all live together. Um, and so, you know, lots of great stuff. You guys should check him out. Uh, I'm not going to try to repeat his jokes because that wouldn't be right. But the, the neat thing is that, um, you know, the day and age that we're in now, um, he's someone who I'm not even sure what his background was before then. But about a year ago, this thing went viral, millions of views and all that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he's like built up this Facebook presence. Um, where he does oftentimes just like a video in the car sharing a funny story. And the first one that I saw um, that was shared by my sister um, aptly was about poop. 
uh, right. a poop story, right? right? And it's this amazing story he tells, <laughs> yeah, you know, that. where he had to go. And, and anyway, you should watch it. It's somewhere on our channel. Maybe we'll bump it up after this. Um, and we'll so, see. Yeah. So, so he was able to build this presence and now is to the point where he's like doing, you know, 3,000 person shows in, in Scotland. Um, and now, you know, flying overseas and going on tour. Isn't so it's great? a pretty cool story. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, one in particular, another poignant moment in sharing his story yesterday was he said how uh, he <laughs> he described the mother of his child as Satan. Um, and, you know, he was he was describing this moment when his baby, his daughter was only uh, eight months old and they were all sort of lying in bed. And um, and and he saw his daughter sort of look between. Um, Satan and him right and just look back forth back forth and then she kind of like rolled over to him and hugged him and, mm. and he said that's the first time in his life he had ever felt chosen wow um, and it was just you know it was a neat they obviously and you can see on Facebook too there's a lot of stuff with both of them um, the kind of relationship that he has with his daughter uh, and, and hilarious because so much of his comedy is from that is is touching so um, so check him out and it's a segue to what I wanted to talk about for our for our just imagine it segment. Okay? Yeah, we should. But before we do, I have another little listener right, shout. Out. So it. I know I'm ruining the segment. Let's take one Man, second. I had this Doug the physicist, masterpiece. Doug the physicist oh. weighed in on the cavitation question, and uh, I was correct Remind in us, talking about cavitation mantis shrimp. is. When well, I wanted forms, to know why right? my feet were sinking into the sand. Yes, right. So I was wrong that that was had anything to do with cavitation. Okay. But so I was you, right so, that the so, mantis so shrimp wrong, did. The bottom line. I was wrong. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. not. But the mantis shrimp was. So I'm like at least like four percent right. But yeah. Doug, thank you for but telling me this. Did we have another question for him based on that? We something? did, and I also forgot what that was, <laughs> and so did he. So so he will at some point remember, or I will, Just and we will come Doug, back. Listen to the last like ten episodes again, and write back to from us the, the very. Answer. I know you're a professor. It doesn't matter. Just play it for the whole class. They will love it. It's great physics entertainment. We're never wrong. Go ahead with your amazing segue. Say, please, if you are a teacher or anyone who has uh, a global sort of reach, or not global, but just some sphere that you influence or directly control in the global. case of a teacher, you should mandate that they watch this show. Uh, give us some love. You know, we're doing this for free. If you're listening, you're getting something out of it, maybe pay it forward, pay it back, whatever you want to say, and just, you know, share it with people. And physically um, require them to watch it to graduate. They it. cannot leave the classroom That's right. until they listen to this podcast. Because this, this podcast is brought to you by you right now by yeah. listening to it and if you don't share it it's just gonna die yeah <laughs> i mean it will, it's gonna, it will it slowly wither away will to nothing it i was gonna be go sitting here imploding but you can or wither that's fine yeah well imploding makes me feel like it's like a supernova like, i i feel like we kind of have reached that supernova it's, it's like yeah. a, well we have a big building playing with. We do. all right so go ahead with your fucking transition all right fine so here's a guy who facebook um you know and social media have basically allowed this sort of new path to stardom yes right and of course there's countless examples of just wing it through social media things yeah just wing is one of them yeah um if you want to i mean you know I, I would consider podcasting maybe a little bit separate from social media but okay fine so um oh and by the way i asked him if he if he uh Oh, because I got to meet him after the so show. So you talked to him, yeah. Um, and I asked him if uh, if he does podcasts, you know, if he's interested. And he said, "Oh, yeah, I don't, I can't do his accent. I'll try it. Let's see. I don't do podcasts. <laughs> I don't do podcasts. Yeah, it's not nearly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, darling. There's some like, ex- there's some other exotic. Um, I don't do podcasts. You added a little something there. I think I got it there. I don't do podcasts. I don't do podcasts. Yeah, but it's still way I too thick. Dink John Abdullah. <laughs> That's getting All right, anyway, offensive, but go ahead. <laughs> it is offensive. Uh, so, okay, so here's the here's the just imagine it, okay? You ready? Yes. You ready? Your brain ready? I'm ready. All right. That was so good. That was, that, that was that? good. That was good. I'm like, I you know, I do I do 12 that are terrible, and then one that's like the exact, <laughs> I'm ready. Isn't, isn't that, le- that wasn't I'm good. ready. 
I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah. For the test. That was the, good. The challenge you've brought today <laughs> for me. God, it was so good for a second. Okay, for a go. second, you are, you are something else. I'm imagining. What would life be like right now? We've we've sort of hinted at this. My eyes are closed. But you I can't know, see this when you're listening to this. I want to know but, what yeah. you really think here. I'm really thinking. Imagine if Facebook did not exist. Oh, man. Okay, so not not that it just went away now, like the company you know died or whatever, but imagine if it never were. Can I ask a, a question was, to clarify that? It never is. Yes, please. Do you mean Web 2.0 never existed? <laughs> or Facebook, the specific company and platform? So I was thinking... I don't know. We could go. We could go either way with this. We could say social media that you know the concept yes. of it doesn't exist. That's probably easier. Can we say that? Let's do that. Okay. Okay. It does not exist. So imagine what the web was before then, mm-hmm. right? Well, we can ask the guy upstairs. Um, we can ask the guy upstairs. That's true. But from, from what I recall, uh, as our you know in our youth, it was it was much more. I mean, there was still chat. We'll give we'll give we'll give you that. Okay. There's still some like instant. Okay. This, I'm thing. opening my eyes again now because we've been talking. Yeah. Too much. All right. So so there's so, so yeah. There was instant messenger. There were chat rooms. And there's like lots AOL. of just like sites, right? You can. It's more of you go onto sites and you, you extract. You could surf the web. You could surf the web. You could Google all that. Yep. But there is no social media as we know it now yes so okay i'm closing my eyes uh i mean there, i don't i'm there's not much more to imagine ultimately oh, that's the whole th- okay <laughs> open my eyes again. that's the whole thing ultimately would we be better off or not i don't have i i this is to to explore i don't have like a yeah. hypothesis here or like okay. a, but i'm i i really you know if we think about the plus and minus and i just mm-hmm. cited before this, an example of like something that never would have been able to happen, which is, you know, this guy who's funny and has a story to tell is able to reach a mass audience pretty immediately, and then you know, mm-hmm. built his career off of it. Hopefully, well, here's the thing: is that that has happened forever. That's right? true. Well, it's just in the past there were usually intermediary forces bringing talent to mass markets. So, for example, somebody yes. like Elvis Presley has similarly meteoric. I, I, I would say I think totally, totally right. Um, I would say less frequently. I think yeah. it's fair to say. Well, I think because because it had to go through the gatekeepers of whatever you right. know industry it is. Um, in it, in inevitably, it couldn't scale or democratize in the way that it has now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I mean, we don't even need to focus solely on that part. But like that's to me, that was an example of something that it got you thinking about. This, it would have yeah. at least played out differently. Right, right, right. Um, because. In that case, I don't know that an agent would have heard his story and been like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. You know, it's like the masses decided. Right, right. Much more democratic. Yeah, the one to many, like immediacy of all that. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, I I guess just thinking about the ways that you and I even, you know, use use Facebook um, as a concrete example of this. I've been using it a lot less lately. And I've done things to intentionally, like, you know, I don't get notifications from it, really. I Mm -hmm. put it on a different, I don't put it on my home screen, home screen. Um, and I just, while there was a time where I felt like social media was, was this like potentially, um, life changing, you know, incredible sort of connector of people and there's so much power in it and so much opportunity for us to sort of, um, you know, be this global community that we talk about. That's where I sort of came out when I was say, I don't know, coming out of college and, and now I'm feeling more and more like. It's something that is so designed to just capture our attention um, and keep our attention in ways that ultimately I really wonder if it's a net positive for my own sort of life. Like looking back on my life and the amount of time that I would have put into that versus what I could have done or whatever, it's not feeling so so great to me anymore. <laughs> hmm. Well, 
I, so the, the, a, I think this will probably be the rest of our episode. Well, because that, this, that's this, the this third good, thing. I figured good, it would. Yeah, this sort is of, a good, yeah. a good, a good, a good thing to kind of unpack, and we, we can come back to it at some point because you're you're kind of an expert in it, given yeah. the nature of your job. And I'm kind of uh, an expert in it, given the fact that I've wasted too much time taking shits while <laughs> on Facebook in the past. Haven't we all? I think um, it's it's fascinating to look at the ways in which we have changed in other ways to suit this technology and to allow it to like you know become a part of our lives. And I'm not talking about like the like the normal things like attention spans and yeah. and and getting angry about everything. But I mean the economies that have sprung up around it, and that the whole idea of like sharing economies and things like that. Oh yeah. To me, that feels transformative. Like we've talked before. Like the first time I used you know like Uber was a very big eye opener for me. The first time I did like Zipcar was a big deal for me. The for first sure. time I ordered food through Grubhub was a big deal for me. The all of these little um, moments where we realized that the traditional barriers between us and the products we consume are breaking down and changing. Yeah. I think those are really powerful indicators that social media have has transformed the physical world as well as just our attention and spans. And do you think that social media was sort of the platform or the foundational piece to those other things, the sharing economy yes. happening? I would I would I would argue that without Facebook and the single sign on capabilities yeah. it offers, we would have like a third less growth in the sharing economy than we do now. Wild benchmarking by somebody who does not know what they're talking about. But honestly, like uh, the the so here's here's a reason. You know, if when I signed up for a Lyft account, which I did kind of to boycott Uber because I didn't like what they were doing. Yeah, at the time, same. Yeah. Um, you know, if if I had had to create an account from scratch, I would have been like, oh, it's not worth it. But because I could just click sign in with Facebook and I was able to, yeah. that that to me alone is an enormous net positive because it means it's a lot easier for me to engage with things. When I want to give to GoFundMes, when I want to support a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo campaign, any of the crowdfunding things, like that's I just sign in through Facebook and it's really easy. And that alone right? is is would have been a barrier to entry that you wouldn't have crossed. Because I think? yeah, which I think sounds kind of ridiculous, like out of experiential no, no. context I mean, the, the, but it's it's because every day i mean it's because this is not something that we're like sitting down and doing it's something that we're doing while we're in transit always. or while we're just like waiting for something to happen and we don't want to like put a lot of time to we don't want to take notes on yeah. it we just want to be, be able to like have a, a more seamless link with the world around us to be able to like impact it and so a single yeah. sign-on platform is a great way to do that another product could have but at the time Facebook introduced <laughs> this it was like over a billion users so like what well, I mean there's you can't compete with that it's so right? interesting that that's the thing that you focused on because that is in fact what the man upstairs as we call him is working on Tim and has cited Tim Berners-Lee the data pod. Sir Tim Berners-Lee um, has cited and is working on because he felt like it was something that he sort of left out of the the protocol mm-hmm. um, the, the, the web that you you didn't have identity or the ability to sort of have an identity across the web and so companies like google and facebook are two you know examples of this where you're pretty much always logged in and you use it to log into other stuff um and you you engage with it through things like email in the case of google or facebook you have your own profile um it creates your sort of virtual identity right and, and you have no control over and it. And you don't have, you know, you might have some control. Um, I, I, some I, I, I would argue you don't have any control over it. Well, I mean, you I think we have the illusion of that. it because of, of the of the of the UX that we see. But but we but we I mean, the, that data goes up there and gets plumbed by these companies that we will never even yes. know about, and they can use it however they want to. Well, that's I mean, the problem. So yeah. it and it all comes back. I mean, I know you shut me off if this is getting too technical and people are just going to turn it off. But artificial intelligence. <laughs> so. In order for all of us to have that identity, it all has to be stored somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the idea that any sort of single database would house all of our information obviously poses some big issues. And so 
with these for-profit companies, we're seeing that, of course, come to light in some of the security issues that have come out. Huge violations. Um, huge violations, but there is no other there's no other option for us right now, okay? So there's the single sign-on stuff that you talked about, and there's also right. just the like talking to other people and needing a platform to do it. If you don't go on Facebook, where the hell are you going to go? Right. There's a few others, but none have the same reach. And so this internet 2.0, 3.0, whatever you, know, whatever you might call it, um, that Tim Berners-Lee is working on will account for identity in ways that were neglected before that use blockchain, which allows for a more sort of um, decentralized database kind mm-hmm. of capability where our identity can actually, it can be something we own fully. Right. Um, which could be a serious game changer. And and so anyway, the reason I even wanted to bring all that up is because let's say that if Facebook didn't exist, but this kind of identity, I, I would argue that, you know, there this something like Facebook had to come about in some way. So let's just pretend that Facebook didn't do it and that Tim Berners-Lee a few years out was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this now. And that happened. (laughs) Okay, so it addresses your single sign-on thing, but it still doesn't, of course. That's just one aspect of Facebook. People are not signing up for Facebook for single sign-on. But because That's they're signed right. up on Facebook and they have that capability, they're yeah. using it a lot. And but I think most people probably aren't even thinking about it. Right, yeah, right. Ima- imagine which, if you which had is access the way it the was before through... Web 2.0 when yeah. we had dial-up and we had lobbies like America Online right. where we would we we did not have control over – we were in a closed garden internet experience, yeah. right? So it goes closed garden, open garden with 2.0. And then 3.0 would be like kind of bringing it back to a closed garden experience where we have some control over what we're actually doing online and who's seeing it. But the reality is, and I think we saw this hugely with the Facebook data breaches with Cambridge Analytica, which was an enormous thing. Yeah. Is that we 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 don't even we're just starting to realize how little control we have over our online selves. To the point where, and there have been lawsuits filed uh, like against Cambridge Analytica about this, where people have sued to get their data back, where they've said, can you just show me what you have on me because I own it. It's my data. And and they weren't un- it was unsuccessful, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, they, like they, they successfully sued Cambridge Analytica, and then Cambridge Analytica, Analytica settled to say that they cannot still give it, even though, even though they recognize legally that, that they should. Mm-hmm. So there's no legal precedent. And it's not like it belongs to a country. There's no Supreme Court that's going to deal with this, right? Yeah. It's a huge, huge issue. I mean, in Europe, obviously, went about in a different way with rolling out a series of laws that are intended to give you more of your ownership. Right. But there's many that has backfired in many ways as well. So, so it'll be interesting to see where all the data stuff pans out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like thinking about your own daily experience and how we're all using it, um, I don't know. I do you do you feel like how much value do you feel like you're getting out of social media? Yeah. So it, I, I I guess getting away from the whole data privacy yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. feel like the that that it has to be a net good. Yeah, I think it has to be. Even what do you though, mean by that? A, because the more connected we are, the healthier we are as a species. I I really think that. I, I I think that for us to be empathetic and aware of what's happening in the world, we need to know and need transparency. And I think looking through history, transparency has always been a good thing, right? When governments have been transparent, it's been healthy. When companies have been transparent, it's been healthy. Mm-hmm. And so social media as an idea is a great move toward transparency because it's a way to collectively organize. It's a way to hold people accountable. And it's a way to be aware of what's going on in the world that we might not have otherwise known about and organize around that, right? So so to me, like even though there are huge issues with it, I think it's a good thing. And my personal experience with it, to answer your question in, in an incredibly long-winded way, <laughs> is that uh, – Although I'm I'm annoyed with it every day of my life, and I I avoid going on Facebook as much as I can. I I don't do Instagram until like I get sent enough messages that I, it's rude <laughs> not to open it up, and that Twitter is just a cesspool that I log out of unless I have to post something for one of the groups that I work for. Um, I 
I still am glad that it's in our lives because I think it has done transformative things to the ways our our you know global culture um, interacts with itself. Yeah, and and a lot of this, what the questions I'm asking as I do this, uh, somewhat playing devil's advocate because I'm not honestly, I'm not sure where I land on it. I, yeah. I I can make the case both ways, and and I struggle with it. But I think there's something interesting that I'd like to dig into that you said, which is that we're more connected. And I think there's something that stands out to me in terms of how the the sort of how those connections are made or, or the depth of the connection, because I think that you could say that we're more connected, but how exactly, like in what way? Because I would say that uh, when you talk about transparency, there's so much of social media that is actually, there's a layer there that is not real. Right. And we talk about this in the case of like, even what people share and don't share, right. right? Other parents aren't going to share like (laughs) uh, generally their challenges. You know, Mm -hmm. you might see some of the great moments or whatever in anybody's life. Cause that's what it sort of encourages, right? It's like a veneer. It's this, this, which I do think not to cut you off, but I do think it's part of why the episodes of the show people react to the strongest are the ones where we talk about how, bad we've made decisions yes. or how much we fucked up because it's refreshing because it's true but people don't talk about it very much well right? they don't and and so you know and and platforms of course encourage certain behavior one way or the other so it's not like you're talking about a neutral platform where it's it's got like a level of depth and transparency that is necessarily um authentic yeah it's hugely curated totally agree with that yeah so so in that sense i feel like maybe I could get more on board with that in a sort of older version of some of these platforms where mm-hmm. it felt like it was more transparent and that I was just seeing everything, you know, that I, at least I was seeing everything and it wasn't curated by algorithms that showed me stuff that I thought I wanted to see and all that. Um, but, but there's also the nature of it in that, you know, by, you could argue by expanding the number of people that we're so-called, you know, connected to, um, and the amount of information that we're taking in, and this goes to the broader web, I guess, not just social media, we've exceeded our ability to actually take in all that information to mm-hmm. the point where we've become sort of incapacitated by it. Um, and that there's a certain point at which, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take um, uh, mass shootings as an example of this, where it is true that we consistently know about these and we hear about them and there's solutions that are proposed and we get outraged by it through social media and nothing fucking happens. And of course, there's a lot of other stuff behind that, that or reasons that that doesn't happen. You could talk about NRA and politics and all that. Um, but if we're talking about that connectivity through social leading to a net positive, um, I think that's where over these last few years, I feel less and less certain about it. And I also wonder if on the other side, by by being more you know connected there and sort of increasing the number of people that we have connections to, the depth of our connections has suffered and we're less likely to know our neighbor, to have deep conversations with people. So it is this sort of trade-off of breadth and depth to some extent that I've felt. Um, and again, I'm just sort of saying all this because I'm working through it still. Mm-hmm. But these are things that I worry about, particularly as our kids start to use more of these platforms and engage in ways that on one hand, I'm like, yes, global community. I want them to be plugged in and know what's happening and all of this. And then on the other side, it's like, I worry about them not like talking to other people and having real authentic conversations and meaningful interactions. And I'll stop talking now. But do you, well, well, there's, there's two things in there that I wanted to unpack, yeah. but I guess one of them is, do you feel, ah, fuck, what was the first one? The first one was, was, was a better question than this. <laughs> I went on too long. No, it, no, I, I, it's well, it'll come to me at some point. But, but do you? But I, I mean, do you feel like you actually would have substantively different connections with people in your real life, like if social media had not existed? Like, do you think that's actually what's doing that? I, I think. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Also, okay. I mean, you could certainly also talk about 
like if we had like social- is the reason you're not talking to yeah. people in your neighborhood because social media exists i don't think that's true i, I actually do feel like there's a direct Why? relationship there a couple things one is that even not even never mind the people that are my neighbor um i feel like if i were if i were you know if i had a family um a couple generations ago the ways that I engage my own family would be different than they are now. And I worry about that too. So as a prime example of this, just think about how often our phones are devices that sit between us and someone else. So it isn't even necessarily the you know classical stereotypical thing where you see a husband and wife in bed just looking at their phone. There's that obviously example. Right. But there's also just like the times where you don't engage someone else because they're like, they're somewhat engaged in their phone or whatever. And it's not necessarily that you were going to say something so valuable, but it just closed off the possibility that you were going to engage directly with that person. And I mean, in but that what were case, they doing before the phone? Well, was I, everybody just sitting there waiting to be engaged? No, with? That's, I, that's, I agree with right? you there that there was definitely other and certainly like, TV I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, a manifestation role. of human behavior. I think that there's a human element to when we're in public wanting to be in private in public sometimes and wanting control over when we are approached and when we're not approached. And I think that whatever we have at the time, whether it be a player piano in your living room or whether it be a magazine <laughs> or whether it be a book or whether it be, you know, um, headphones on a Walkman yeah. or whether it be the phone that you're, is in your hand. I mean, I, I think that that. That's just human behavior. Um, I don't. I don't. And, I, right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I. I don't actually. I think there's a distinction worth noting there, though. Like the, this. This whole medium is the message thing, where it's yeah. like, let's take the headphones as an example. Okay. We we grew up at a time where uh, I think you can probably relate to, like going to school or whatever. We had you know discmans and <laughs> yep. um before that the Walkman, and it was like definitely a prominent thing. However. I don't think it was nearly at the level it is now of course in terms not. of seeing people with headphones on and that being socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it existed. It was possible, but it wasn't socially acceptable. Right. And and so I guess where I was going with that is just that I think that we have more opportunities to engage or or rather disengage with our I'll call it reality. <laughs> Maybe that's not fair. Our physical reality. Yeah, physical reality. Than we did then. And uh and and so I think just by having a phone, I'm more likely, and, and when I'm in a line somewhere or somewhere where otherwise I might actually have dead time and notice that someone made eye contact with me and strike up a conversation, okay? That is closed. That won't happen anymore because I'm looking at my phone, mm-hmm. and that becomes a social, you know, a crux or whatever, or a crutch. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess I just don't. So you don't mean, I don't you don't mean like deep that interactions. You mean in transient human interactions? I mean just both. Like, well, but but the, for me, the deep interactions are different. I, this could be because. Yeah. Mm, actually, before I get into it, I do want to get back to my first point, and then I want to get back to it. <laughs> okay, good. So the, what I was going to say, you were talking about mass shootings before, and and what I do in the wake of mass shootings is stuff that I would never have done if I hadn't known about it through social media. So yeah. like, you know, I donate to every town for gun safety, and I. Cong- and I talk to my Congress people through a, an internet bot that I have yeah. that allows me to write letters to them directly, right? Um, and then I tweet about it, and and I do it anonymously through this third party platform that just shows where the tweet came from and what the cause was about, and it goes to everybody from you know Catherine Clark to yep. President asshole, and they <laughs> and everybody sees it, right? So to me, like that, and that that is something that would what what would I have done twenty years ago when that would stultified. Well, but see here again, I'm playing devil's advocate here because yeah. I definitely see where you're going with that. But I would say the volume of all that stuff now has rendered most uh, men, much of it useless. Well, no, no, but no, not it actually because... doesn't. It doesn't inform politicians in the way that historically a phone call would have. Like historically, if you know, if a politician got ten phone calls in the same day about something, I'm making up the number. Right. That might have actually resonated and done something. But now, because of 
the technology allowing for that kind of thing to happen at such scale, mm-hmm. it actually some of them just turn it off, or you know, it just doesn't have the same power. Well, they're that required it used by to. law not to do that. Well, it's true, and, but and they also like, yeah, it's, it's reported the same as a on this. it's reported the same as a phone call. A letter and a phone call are the same, it, and it, it's not like they're actually sitting on listening to these things or reading course, them. Their course, staff yeah. people are just cataloging what the issue is. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's important if you have something you want to say. Also, to to realize that like where we live, the people who are representing us are people that we've elected to represent us, and so they're probably already going to be representing these issues, right? Yes. But the reality is, is that I can have a, I can do a, a, a petition online. They can get three hundred thousand signatures about an issue. I can encourage people to donate to something. I can tell somebody about this National Defense Administration Act. I can do all these different things that in the past I would not have had a vehicle to do. And I think that that creates momentums within society that allow us to be more democratic because they're more transparently of the people and by the people. And I think that it's very easy for people to fuck around with that data and it's very easy for people to mislabel it yeah. and it's very easy to spin things. But the reality is that 25 years ago there was no mechanism for that. You would call your Congress people and they would do something or they wouldn't do something. But here, like people who have never would never have done that, people who were not a traditional, you know, straight white male in his 30s, yeah. people who might not have known that they had power in Congress, that they had a lobbying ability to begin with, people who, were, who had been told by societal constructs that their opinion wasn't as valid as mine, have the ability to organize. And we see high school students doing that now. And we see, you know, all, Black Lives Matter is an internet movement. We see all of this stuff happening. And I feel like um, it's so easy to get, to get caught up in the negativity of it and yeah. to get caught up in the skepticism of whether or not it's a net good that we it's easy to lose sight that there are actual good things that happen and they might not be quite as visible because they're not as shocking but they're still happening you know i i know but i think my biggest fear is that so much of that so much of what i believed in that as well and having more of that democracy in action is yeah. that it's an illusion that yeah. it actually makes me feel like i made a difference and therefore allows me to sort of say all right i did my part and in fact it didn't do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and that you know, because these same politicians are hearing from both sides at such scale, it becomes a numbers game that it's just it's it's scaling up all of it. Right. And so I don't know that it is actually any different than when they used to get 10 calls from one side and, and five from another versus 10,000 and 5,000. I don't actually know that it net positive And I and I worry that it makes me feel like I actually did more than I really did hmm. now. Alternative to that, I mean, I think you referenced Black Lives Matter and these other movements, and I definitely, I think it's important to note that those kinds of connections, um, and and in other countries this has happened too, uprisings even, Mm -hmm. where they've used social media to connect, and then the key piece to that is there's a physical sort of presence in marches and things that actually happen in the real world, which seem, in my mind, to have a, a more direct sort of influence. Um, and that wouldn't have been able to happen in the same way, I think. I mean, I, you know, I really challenge my, my own skepticism or challenge my assumptions there as well, because certainly, you know, mo- as we know, movements happened in history and <laughs> they've made change. Um, I don't know. I just I guess I maybe maybe it's the wrong frame to actually put it as a net positive or, or a negative. It is what it is. It's here with us. It's right. not going away. Right. Um, I just, you know, I do feel like. Um, the curtain has been lifted over these last few years, and we've seen a very dark side of all of it. Hugely, yeah. and uh, maybe words still out on you know whether it ultimately is net positive or, or um, negative or whatever. But like another example is the Russian interference and how mm-hmm. misinformation can be used um, so easily because you can scale it, because you can sort of use the medium and make something you know sort of look as as actual or as factual as something that isn't. TV is, of course, another example of this where you've got two talking heads and, you know, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, anyway, 
But yeah. likewise, looking at the 2008 election cycle, I mean, that's something that never would have happened without the Internet. You yeah. know? There would have never been that broad of a representation of the voting electorate because, because traditionally people who hold power have stultified that through political means that none of us have access to, right? Right. And with the Internet, you can circumvent that. And you can, even if it's illusory, you can at least work toward affecting more democratic change. And so to me, it's good. That being said, if I could personally not have social media exist, I would in a heartbeat say yes. <laughs> I hate it. I, like as a, as, a, as a part of my personal life, yeah. I'm like really fed up with it. I find it frustrating. I feel like it perpetrates, it perpetuates these um, like just terrible self-image issues, um, especially with kids who are growing up and seeing everybody looking perfect on Instagram and not realizing that it's fake. Mm. Or, you know, with this idea that, like, I'm not living my best life because I'm not, like, in, involved in all these different things and that I'm, like, not as good a parent or not as good a uh, husband or as good of a person as the other people because people are just sharing these curated experiences of their lives and I'm extrapolating from that that that's the way life should be. Yeah. Like, I totally get that and I totally see why it's frustrating. I don't like the having this personal rat race feeling a lot with social right. media, especially because I run a lot of social media pages with many thousands of people that are Millions. on them. Yeah. Trillions of people. 12 trillion and uh and i hate it because i have to catch up with that because i have to keep up with it because if i don't yes. then i'm alienating friends that i Keeping have and there thing. are groups of friends that i have that i'm no longer as in contact with because i just can't do the volume of that and then still be as present in my quote-unquote real life right as I and would that's like what kind of what i was getting at right? in terms of managing our own contacts and the fact that we've i feel like we've sort of exceeded our ability to actually meaningfully engage with all the people that yeah. we're connected to right um which is a challenge but but I still think it's worth being connected and then in, yeah. in that context, finding the people with whom you can have really meaningful interactions yeah. and like looking for ways to contribute. Because here's the thing is that, for example, um, during the – well, I'm not going to get into political issues. But during dur- uh, there was a recent event in American politics that I felt very passionately about and I was really frustrated by. Yeah. And I wrote to my congresspeople and I did an internet campaign and I and I was involved with people who were on the right side of it. And even if nothing happened because of that, because nothing did, because, you know, the, the party for which I was lobbying was not in power in that governing body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very, very vague. But even though nothing meaningful happened because of it, and even though part of me was like, well, at least I felt like I did something, it is good that I felt like I did something because it means that I was being proactive and I wasn't being shamed into inaction by this yeah. feeling that I was powerless and that I was uneducated in the issue because I I do have some power and even if that power is slow because the reality is that like the reason why we talk about the American Revolution so much and the reason why we talk about the French Revolution so much the reason we talk about the Roman Empire as so much those were those were those were e- e- enormous you know events that defined eons of human activity and coalesced within them all the goals of an entire people, right? Mm-hmm. And something happened that was so dramatic that books will never right. stop being written about them, right? Yeah. That's not the way most change happens. Most yeah. things in the world happen as a result of slow, tectonic progress yeah. of little things becoming bigger things, becoming yeah. movements, and then eventually breaking out into the physical world and being, you know, the, a women's march. Right. Or being a large, you know, expression of solidarity, of, of being an anti-apartheid movement. Like, like, these things do happen, but it's not like they just happen overnight. That's right. And I think... The type of attention that internet things get feels very much like it, like well this should this is obvious like this should be tomorrow we should never go back on you know we should have a gerrymandering <laughs> overdue right yeah but it's not going to happen because the reality is that that's the way that that humans operate and so I think it's important to look at how we can leverage these platforms for real progress and not feel like the like lack of that progress is necessarily indicative that they're ineffective but maybe checking ourselves a little bit. And yeah. interacting with them in more human and more um, real ways. I can get on board with that. I think generally having a better uh, radar for when 
you're you're letting yourself off too easily as well. I'm saying this for my own self in that, um, you know, you may have done a little part there in social media, but in fact, to really make a difference, you've got to do more. And I think mm-hmm. we, I, I feel like a lot of us have to do more. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I, I worry about the illusion where it, it actually um, maybe pushes that change further out than it has to be or even prevents it because, you know, you think you're doing your part. And in fact, it's more of an illusion than it is reality. Right. That's where I worry a little bit more. But anyway. Well, there's, there's, there's no way to know. <laughs> We're literally about to get cut off but in 10 this, seconds. This on countdown this is happening. So recorder. thank you very much for listening. Also, I do fucking hate Facebook. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, all right. Bye, Facebook. Bye. Bye. Bye.